Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Wisdom and Wonder. I'm your host, Ann Jan, and today we have on the podcast Gwyneth Covey um, to share about being a musician um, that is a Christian and what it's like in the music industry. So welcome to our show. Thank you. It's fun to be here. I'm excited about this. Yeah. Um, so as we begin, I was just wondering if you could just share a little bit about yourself, like your major, um, maybe what got you interested in music, and... Sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, I am currently a third year double major in music performance and philosophy, and I have a minor in English writing. Um, what got me into music is a great question. Uh, my So my family's very musical. Both of my dad's brothers um, have high levels of education in music. One was a professional opera singer um, for the bulk of his kind of young career and is now a music teacher. Um, and then my dad's other brother is a music professor. He was a music professor at University of Prince Edward Island for a long time. And now I believe he is, I don't remember, at some other university in the Maritimes. Um, but yeah, like, so there's a lot of music in my family. My mom was raised to do piano lessons and be in theater. So it was something that I was kind of just told to do at a certain age. I mean, when I was six, I was put in piano lessons, um, but I always loved to sing and I always loved to perform. And so I protested and ended up in musical theater at 10. Um, and my grandpa taught me to play guitar. And so it was just something that was really natural and that I picked up any opportunity I could because I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. So musical family. That's really cool. Um and basically, I wanted you to ask about you about your recently released single. So tell yeah. us about uh, that, and I, I think you also have another one coming. So like, yeah, yeah. So as of recording this, uh, Autumn is out in two days. Oh wow! So that's really <laughs> exciting. Um, so yeah, Summer came out July fourth. I'm pretty sure, um, and uh, yeah. So that project stemmed from. Uh, a Instagram contest that I did a while ago um, where I had people just submit topics to me to write songs about. So um, it's something I used to do with my friends in high school. I, I'm a quick writer, and so they would, you know, give me a topic, and I would try and write something on the spot and would see what we'd come up with. Um, and it, it kind of helped me train myself a little bit, and it was entertaining to them. So I thought, okay, I can do something like this on social media. Um, and uh, so one of my friends submitted just summer, the word summer. And that made me like viscerally angry <laughs> because I was like, oh my gosh, like how many songs are there about summer? How many songs that are like, oh, like I had the time of my life and it was the summer when I was young. And I was like, I do not want to write that. Everyone has written that. There's nothing new to say about that. So I put it off. I did everything else on the list of topics I was given before I did this because I was just like so mad at being given such a generic topic. Um, and then I was like, okay, like, what can I do with this? Like, summer, okay, summer romance is, like, the trope that everyone talks about. So at a certain point, I got into the idea of personifying summer. Um, and I, I had wanted to pull on the natural themes of summer as opposed to, like, the party cultural themes of summer because I thought, okay, that's more interesting. So I ended up thinking, like, okay, if summer was a person, what would she be like? And the, the opening lines of summer are, summer, you're an angel, summer, you're a queen. Um, and for some reason, just the rhythm and the sound of that was stuck in my head for a really long time. Um, and so I ended up developing this person of, of summer and what would she be like? And she was a partier and she was, you know, 
like she had a, a temper because she was like a summer storm, but she was also sweet and warm and all of these things. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what if summer had a summer romance? Okay, well, that's the plot to the song. Um, and then I was driving around, and by driving around, I mean on my bike because I was 16. Um, and I, uh, I was listening to Taylor Swift's Folklore. And she has three songs that are kind of connected in one plot on there. And so those songs are, all have characters that are featured in each of the other songs. And there's a story that encompasses the three of them. And I thought, okay, I mention autumn and winter in summer as people because I thought that would be fun. Um, and what if they had songs too? And so then that escalated into okay, well, if this guy is, you know, Summer's love interest, if he then went to visit Autumn, who is Autumn to him, et cetera, et cetera. So there are four songs um, and the the release date for the EP that holds all three of these songs seasons uh, will be announced same day as Autumn comes out. So um, that's really exciting. Uh Anyway, so that's where that comes from. They're all personified versions of seasons that I've kind of given uh, book tropes and stereotypes to um, and developed them in the way that they interact with this one man that has touched each of their lives. Um, and it's kind of about like seasons of life and people who come into your life in seasons and what does that mean and how someone you can be with briefly, uh, be around briefly can, can impact your life in a really big way. So that's kind of the overview of, of that single and then the stuff to come as well. Okay. Wow. That's super cool. I, I didn't know the backstory to this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad I'm finding it out now. Yeah. Um, so I guess like I was going to talk to you about the the question of of being a Christian artist versus being a Christian who produces art. I feel yeah. like there is a distinction and that's something that is, yeah, like I wanted to kind of explore that dynamic and sort of talk about your take on that and what that means to you. Yeah, so I did a project on that uh, last year, actually, um, in my expository writing class. We were given the opportunity to write about whatever we wanted, um, and I it was something I had been thinking a lot about, and I've always thought a lot about because as someone who is artistic and a Christian, you, you wind up asking yourself the question, like, should I write worship music, and should I, you know, uh, just make, like, Christian music exclusively under that umbrella of CCM, contemporary Christian music? Um <clears throat> and I, um, I never found that appealing, uh, mostly because I find it very limiting into what I can, can speak on. Um, I've done a little bit of training in writing worship music, and the primary goal in terms of worship music is to try and create something that is universally, um, I guess, relatable, for lack of a better word, uh, to a congregation, because you want everyone to be able to sing it. And I never wanted to write something that was that generic. That was just wasn't appealing to me. Um, and so I was just looking for a way to exist as an artist that felt right in my faith and also right in my desire to create something unique. Um, so basically what the options are presented as right now um, are you can join up with a Christian music label. So there are labels that specify working with Christian music. Um, so any of you know, our favorite worship singers or Christian rock bands, they probably were signed to these labels. Um, and there is a variety of creativity in there. I, When I was working on this project, researched Christian metal bands. Really interesting stuff. Um, very cool people. 
Uh, but it is very limited in subject matter. Everything has to be approved in a certain way. You have to present yourself in a very specific way. Um, and the truth is that's very restricting, at least in my, from my perspective, um, for an artist. I think if you want to be making something that fits in that box, it can be a really great opportunity for you because there is a lot of funding there. Um, but it wasn't going to work for me. The other option is sign yourself to a regular label or... I mean, what I've decided to do is be indie, um, but um, decided is a strong word, but we can come back to that. Uh, and just put your music out there in the modern, um, average ro pop, rock, folk, whatever you're doing, stream, um, and then just be a Christian as well as, basically. So bands like Switchfoot or U2 are famous for doing this. Um, th the problem with both of these options is that you end up having people angry at you no matter what you choose um so if you work in ccm typically like i said there's a lot of restrictions and if you don't kind of adhere to the idea and the image you make a lot of people angry really easily because there's an expectation that you will have certain opinions or you will have certain beliefs and obviously like within christianity there's a lot of debate and there's not a lot of debate, room for debate when you are having your image managed that way. Um, so that's difficult. And additionally, everyone, <laughs> you're not going to really reach a secular audience because the secular audience is going to hate you because you're a Christian artist and there's just a public idea that Christian artists are worse for some reason. Um, and then if you work in the kind of average sphere of music, um, then there's a lot of backlash, I think, from Christians for not doing Christian music, um, for not using your gifts in a more um, faith-based way. And again, and you can be pressured to leave a lot of important virtues behind um, by whoever is managing you or working with you. And that's really difficult. And there's a lot of pressure and you may not be able to achieve as much success in that field. Um, so it is really kind of a very difficult conversation because there's not a lot of winning. Um, mm, okay. But I, yeah. And I mean, I can I can also talk about how I've figured out how to deal with that, at least temporarily. Um, but it is very challenging um, to kind of consider working in that field. So I guess along those same lines, when you think about working in music, like... Um, how would you like quantify like six being a successful music? Like for you, I feel like it's such a big topic, but like, what does it mean to be a successful musician or an artist? Yeah. Um, I mean, ideally in your artistic development, meaning like in your years of kind of form forming who you are as an artist, um, the way that you develop in any other aspect as a human being, you have formative years, uh, as an artist. And I don't think I'm out of those. And I'm not positive that, um, anyone ever fully comes out of them. But anyway, in your early years as an artist, typically what you would want to do is establish for yourself what does success mean to me. So that is something that is sort of subjective. But I would say that when I'm saying that in this conversation, I mean somebody who is making a significant amount off of streams. So you're streaming enough that you're actually making some kind of money from it. You can fill um, venues that uh, are well-known. So 
so if you gave someone the name of the venue, they would know what it was. Um, and that venue will go after you. Um, and that you would be uh, desired for um, award shows and interviews from at least people who are known by name. Okay. So is that like, and when you think about become like being an artist, is that sort of like that's for you, for your goal? Like that's kind of what you, or do you know yet what kind of you're looking for? I am not looking to do that. I am not looking to do that because I think no matter how you do it, whether or not you go the CCM route or just the average music route, um, there's so much room for corruption because there's a lot of money and there's a lot of power. And I'm not even saying that I would be fortunate enough to have those opportunities. I just know that I wouldn't want them. Um, and I'm saying that now. I <laughs> reserve the right to change my mind. But um, I think to me, I would much rather be the kind of artist that is um, – well-known in a small community is somebody who is actively touching people and you can't get that from big venues and you can't get that um, at least not in the same way from big venues I have kind of been a phase of of being angry at stadiums for no reason uh not for no reason but uh of not wanting to go to stadium shows uh because like 70,000 people there's no way that feels like an intimate experience and I really think that intimate experience is a really important part of music and performing. Um, so for me, being successful means I can garner at least part of my income from music. Um, so something like 40 to 60% of my income, if that was made from music, that would be success to me. Um, and having the freedom to make what I want the way I want to make it. <laughs> that, like, that is the bar for me. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and why is it so hard to make money in music? Because I feel like you think about business, there's lots of industries, yeah. like, um, it feels like music is a hard one to make money in. So, like, why is that? Part of it is that there's a very high upstart cost. So that's part of it, especially... Um, not so much actually, even especially now. It's it's probably maybe even better now with home studios. But um, if you're making a home studio or you want to book studio time, that's a lot of money. Um, and the, the, the choice right now is very much do it yourself, learn how to do everything yourself, which means um, either fumbling through, settling for something that's a little bit worse, or paying to be trained. Um, and all of that is got its drawbacks obviously like if no one teaches you how to do it you can sometimes figure it out on your own and be self-taught but you have to go through years of making stuff that's not as great and if your primary focus is not being a producer and you really just want to be a songwriter like me um then it feels like oh my gosh like I'm working so hard at this thing that isn't really even what I want to be working at if you want to hire a producer that's a heavy cost um, and then you have to book studio time, which is also a heavy cost. If you want to put a show on, you need different set of equipment for that. Sometimes it overlaps, but there's there's specific speakers and microphones that work better in a studio than work on stage. Um, and then you have to pay your musicians. So if you're a solo artist, you pay your musicians. Even if you're working in a band, sometimes you have additional musicians. You want to pay a sound man. Um, and so there's a high, heavy upstart cost, promotion, like getting your, your music promoted, um, uh, you know, buying ads, buying um, 
like paying for, for graphic designers to do that work, paying for photographers to do that work. That's all money. Um, and then streams cost a fraction of a cent to spin. So, um, or pay fraction of a cent to spin. So you're doing all of this promotion for your recorded work, but your recorded work um, doesn't make you any money. Okay. Um, so there's there's lots of ways to make slightly more money. Um, one of those ways is making sure that you registered your music with the proper CMOs. Um, and so those are companies that collect uh, royalties on behalf of artists. Um, I don't think... I don't know if that's exactly what all CMOs do. I I might get some of that confused. But essentially, if you register your music appropriately with a lot of these organizations, they will collect royalties on your behalf um, from different spots. So, um, And for different reasons. So that you have different types of rights and different types of royalties all packaged in one recorded material. Um, uh, so some of that is my right as a songwriter. Some of that is my right as a musician. Some of that is my right as a publisher. And because I'm doing all of those things myself, um, I get paid certain royalties for each of those things. Um, so that is one way to make money. But again, those are um, fraction of a cent a spin. Um, or they're slightly better than streaming. Um, so radio is really good. Radio pays much better. Um, but even radio at its best is about $25 a play. Um, so you, your song has to be, I think, I think the math is your song has to be paid a thousand times to afford a cup of coffee. That's an old statistic. So maybe you couldn't afford a cup of coffee. Depends <laughs> on the size of the cup of coffee. Um, but yeah, so that doesn't pay well. The main way that you make money is shows and merchandise. Um, and to have enough fans to come to a show or to buy your merchandise, you have to have music that they can listen to. So you're paying this high upstart to be able to get your uh, music recorded and properly um, released and properly um, publicized so that you have enough fans that will then come to a show and buy your merchandise so that you can actually make money. But of course, there's cost in merchandise and making merchandise in setting up a show, in booking a venue, in sometimes I don't know how it works to um, sell tickets, but there could be costs there as well. So anyway, um, it's very costly and there's not a lot of ways to make actual money, um, which is why for almost all musicians, it is a, a part-time gig. Um, or you, and maybe from for other musicians, it's part-time performance, part-time teaching. Teaching sometimes can pay enough. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically why it's very difficult to make money in the music industry. Yeah, and then I guess also like just the the amount <laughs> of people, like right? There's yeah. just like the oh, democratization yeah. of like the internet. It's like yeah. you know you can how many people are on Spotify? Like it's yeah. crazy, and it's it's crazy. The saturation in the industry. Everyone wants to be a pop star. Uh, world right now is <laughs> very daunting um, and uh, most like anyone can can download logic on their laptop and and make a song it doesn't even have to be good uh, in order for it to be on a streaming service uh, you can distribute it yourself for a very low cost um, but I mean you're not going to make a career of it but then you don't have um, streaming services filled with music from people who are well-trained or well-promoted. You just have everything in a, in a bowl and you hope for the best. Do you think that it would be helpful, like we think about something like Spotify or like, so like I feel like the radio to some degree is like a curation 
Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's like you have there's like a higher standard of entry. They don't have every on it. So do you think that there's like a level like maybe even if we think about like Christian radio, maybe mm-hmm. that's perhaps why Christian artists can kind of make it in yeah. a way because yeah, they can get on Christian radio, which actually does pay better. Yeah. And then like their name, like they people who listen to that you know, you're kind of getting that, those people. Absolutely. That's absolutely why it works. And, and I think in terms of curation, um, playlists is the streaming way of doing this. Um, it is sort of complicated, just like getting on radio is sort of complicated. Um, and that's in some ways part luck in some part work, um, like everything in this business. Um, but it is definitely a, a benefit. Um, the only, like, I would never want streaming services to start cutting artists from their platforms because I think the the best part of making uh, recording more accessible, the best thing to come of that is that you can get artists like Billie Eilish who put her song out on SoundCloud one day and is suddenly super successful. Um, it's the same thing that YouTube did for Justin Bieber. Like those situations can happen now in a way that they could have never happened in the past. And that's because um, we all have access to the same forum. But um, a way of curating and, and being able to kind of push yourself up out of the the pile of many, many, many songs um, it is found in, in playlists and definitely radio. Um, but it is a bit of a complicated process in terms of um, impressing Spotify that you'll end up on one of their one of their playlists. Okay. Well, I feel like those are all the questions that I have today for you. Um, thank you so much for being here yeah, and course. shedding light on like what it's like to be in music and yeah. kind of letting our audience know. And yeah, even me, I, I don't know much about this industry. And so that's really important. Yeah, so, happy to do it. Well, all right. Well, thank you everyone for uh, listening to our podcast. And um, we are going to have another few episodes on music, um, just trying to like shed light on what it means to be a musician or an artist. Um, Yeah. And so hopefully you're going to stay tuned for our next episode on that as well.